I am leaving this episode up out of respect for my fellow athletes. And if you choose to do this event, good luck. I will never attend another Aravipa event in the future. Um, I went to this race for over six years, spent thousands of dollars running the race, did thousands of miles, spent hundreds of hours out there. But three years ago, I was threatened with physical violence by a spouse of one of the key members of Aravipa's staff at the race. Um, I came back and got my thousand mile jacket. And then this year, um, I was threatened with physical violence by a friend of the Aravipa staff um, over me asking about a rule in the race. Um, in both instances, nothing ever happened to the people who were threatening with physical violence. Um, in one case, he was a spouse of one of the employees of Aravipa. In the second case, this person was a friend of them. You can listen and hear more details about it. But like I said, I will never return to the race, but I am leaving these podcast episodes up for helpfulness in terms of if you ever do a multi-day race and maybe not this one. So I just wanted to give this heads up and I apologize um, for having to leave this message, but I'll honestly, it's been over a month since I left. I have not been contacted by anyone from Aravipa about the incident. And I've heard that they've apologized to some of the people that were there that witnessed what was going on. There was a person there that saw and heard the person threatening me with physical violence, um, where he was going to do things to me that even my mother would feel. And also, there was other two other people there when he was writing my name on the course in a very threatening manner. And all these instances, and also actually when he ran into me, and bumped into me and yelled at me. There was staff there, there was timing officials there and whatnot, and nothing was ever done. So I wish you luck if you choose to do this event, but there are a lot of other events that you can go to. Good evening, shortest day of the year, December 21st. Glad that's over, like the sun wanted to come back. I don't like it being dark, I don't think anybody does. Talking to quite a few people, it seems like the seasonal thing is hitting more people than it usually does. Not sure why. Anyways, probably why I had such a downer episode last episode. So this one going to be a little bit more upbeat. Going to talk about my, um, so I did uh, 2013, 2014, uh, 2015. So this would be the uh, 2016 trip. Two across the years. I signed up for the sixth day. Um, 2016 was a good year in terms of, you know, I won a 48-hour race, 138 miles. Had good training, um, went to Western States with my best friend Allison, and she excitingly finished that one. Um, 2016, she finished it with nine minutes on the clock at Western States. Pretty exciting uh, occurrence. Later on that summer, she went back to Angel's Crest and finished it after uh, not finishing it the year before. She just kind of ran out of gas a year after battling breast cancer. So she went back in 2016 and finished uh, AC. So that a Western States AC double. Pretty impressive. It was a great summer hanging out with her. Also that summer, one of my athletes, Joel Livesey, took on the uh, Southern California Triple Crown and was the overall winner. That was San Diego, Santa Barbara, and Angels Crest for his finishes. Um, I was at a lot of those races with him. So the summer was a busy summer. Um, one of the things I kind of talked about in the last episode about the elephant in the room was, you know, at Western States, um, I went home, got a home ride back with uh, Steve Harvey of old goat fame, and we ended up uh, 
taking another guy home with us, a guy named Dave, and I'll destroy his last name. But anyways, didn't really know him, but we're driving, and we're in the car, and we're driving for a couple hour, an hour or two from uh, Sacramento area. And uh, we stop at like a liquor store, a gas station, convenience place. Steve Harvey loves his coffee. And I said to Dave, I said, hey, you need to go use the restroom. He's like, oh, no, or, I mean, you need to go inside and get something to eat or something. He's like, oh, no, I brought my own food. And he goes, I'm a vegan. And, of course, you know, the big joke about, you know, you walk into a room. How do you, how do you know, you know, person's a vegan, they tell you. And so I was like, wow, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of talk about veganism with this guy, find out why he's doing it. I don't know him, so I'm not having like a moral, ethical arguments with him. And uh, I've been around vegan for quite a while. I owned an alternative record store for 20 plus years, and veganism was big in the 80s in the punk scene. No leather, no animal cruelty, no all that kind of thing. Uh, straight edge type of stuff too, which I myself am. No drugs, drinking, all that kind of thing. So. When I talked to him, he basically, he, you know, he tells the story freely. He, you know, it had gotten really big and he was drinking too much and he turned to doing the vegan diet, lost weight and uh, became a better athlete. And just listening to him, I was like, you know, you know, he was just coming at it purely as an athletic kind of thing. And at the time, you know, I was still 245, you know, doing pretty well, running 26, 27 hour, 100 mile races, break five hours in a marathon. But, you know, 245 pounds is a lot of weight to be moving down the road. (coughs) Sorry, this cough is just not going away. So talking to him about the vegan diet, and I thought, you know what? I've tried everything else. I did the low carb, and I got down to 245. I did, uh, you know, the keto diet, and eh, it didn't really work. Um, Didn't lose any weight. And so I thought, you know, what have I got to lose? So I went hardcore vegan, and, you know, in a few weeks... Man, I dropped 20 pounds. I went from 245 to 225. And I'm thinking, wow, is this going to work all this time? And, you know, kind of what always happens with me is I get to 225, 220, and then it just stops. Um, So by, you know, September, I was in the 220s. Um, Locally, we have Hell the Half put on by Soul to Soul and the Judgment Day Half. And uh, jumped into the Judgment Day Half with a lot of training in my legs and pretty tired. I've been running all over the place. Um, I helped uh, my friend Claudia that summer do some of the John Muir Trail with her. So I jumped into the hell of a half, not the hell of a half, the Judgment Day half where you run from Lake Ming to Bakersfield. And I wasn't even sure I was going to run. I thought I might walk. So I walked the first couple hundred yards. I was going to do my run walk. And I thought, ah, let's just run. And I just ran and just started passing people. I always like to start last in races, especially with chip time. It's just kind of fun to move through the field and see how many people you can catch. Uh, it's interesting, uh, Lance Armstrong is going to be doing that at the Austin where he's going to raise charity. He's going to start 15 minutes after the race starts and whoever, how many people he passes earns money for the charity. So I ended up running 219, which is really fast for me. I mean, granted, back in the day I ran, I think, 116. But I ran a really good race, and it kind of goes to prove that, you know, in marathons and below, it's so much physics. The smaller you are, the faster you're going to go. And so I, I was running faster. I was feeling pretty good. Um, definitely cleaning up my diet and lessons I learned on the vegan thing. Um, I tried to stick to more raw foods than, you know, just you can be vegan and eat a lot of junk. That's for sure. Especially with all these, you know, websites will tell you, oh, you know, you know, Rice Krispies is vegan or, or uh, this frosting is vegan and things like that. So I ended up uh, uh, doing the vegan diet, running faster, but then I'm not sure what went on. Um, in fact, 2016, I also did a kind of a crazy thing. I um, 
was really inspired by Heather Anderson and her PCT record of 40, 60 days where she's doing 45 miles a day. And so I kind of said to myself, you know, this summer I'm going to try and do the entire, you know, 2,600 miles, try and average 20 miles a day. I kind of cheated a little bit in that I started in April with my 138-mile, uh, uh, 48-hour. But I ended up getting about 130 days. I did 20 miles a day average for 130 days. So, you know, I don't know, 130 days is, you know, four or five months. I mean, she did it in 60 days. So I think I did it about twice the time she did. And that was fun and interesting. They had a lot of help with my hiking friends like uh, Liz and Amanda and Sarah and the Sierra uh, Hiking Club. But it was also pretty hard. I mean, you're going out every day and doing 20 miles, you know, 140-mile weeks, week after week after week, especially in Bakersfield with the heat, and especially I was traveling. You know, I went to Santa Barbara, Western States, Angel's Crest, you know, just I can't even remember all the places I went. But after Judgment Day um, half, I started getting an injury. I pride myself on never really being injured. been running since 79, I've never taken a day off really from walking or running. But I had this thing that I never even heard of until 10 years ago, IT band injury. And, you know, a lot of these things, I'm like, well, what's that? Well, I'll tell you, the IT band, it got so tight that I could not even bend my leg. I couldn't even get in a car for a while. But I could walk. And so I just went out walking easy, sometimes really slowly. And I just walked for about a month to the point where I could at least walk without pain. Didn't sign up for across the years, even though I was up for my thousand mile jacket i mean i had to do 312 miles to get my thousand mile jacket but there's no way i'm gonna sign up and pay for all that and and all the expenses of going there unless i'm healthy and uh amazingly thanksgiving still sort of injured it was you know middle of december i think i did my double where i do toads and uh uh, Ridgecrest, and even then my knee was kind of bothering me. I couldn't go uphill or downhill, but then again, at uh, cross years there aren't really any hills. But about a week or two before the race, the knee injuries kind of cleared up, and I got the green light to try across the years. I thought, well, I'm going to go. So you know, this year when I went to cross the years, I uh, drove there um, like I had in the past, which I, I highly recommend driving to the race if you can. Flying in and doing a six-day race is pretty tough. I'm going to have to do that at the Dome again, but it is what it is. But I think I'll have a rental car at least. So I drove there, had a decent setup. Um, again, still didn't have the uh, sleeping situation down very well, which can't sleep in the car. There was a, a heated tent area, I think, but it was over by the uh, you know the aid station, pretty noisy. So I got there. Um, it was a lot warmer. Um, that turned out to be kind of interesting. And so, like, you know, just took off. My goal was 312. And whenever I just have a goal in the 300s, I usually do okay. It's when I dream big and think 360 to 400, I get in trouble. And I just remember the first day going through the aid station in the evening. So it must have been, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, 14 hours in or so in the race. And uh, Haley, the race director, says, Andy, what size jacket do you wear? And because, uh, you know, they order the jackets and put, you know, a thousand mile, you know, f- whatever thing on the jacket. And I just looked at her and I said, what are you doing? Trying to jinx me? I, I got a long way to go. You know, I, and uh, she goes, oh, I'm sorry. It was, it was just, you know, just joking, but it was kind of funny. And so I head out of the A station as usual. I was walking with somebody. I can't remember who it was. 
some younger guy and as we're walking he's like going oh you know andy you got this you know and i just looked at him i said okay go get in your car right now and drive 262 miles and he went oh yeah that's a long way and i said yeah and i got five and a half days to walk 262 miles and he's like yeah you got a point so i just played it smart protected my feet as much as i could mainly walked i don't remember doing a lot of running because again my knees had been a problem um that year it actually rained quite a bit i don't remember what days and how but i kind of got lucky that every time i would do a bunch of miles and then want to take a break it would start raining and it rained hard and i live in Bakersfield. i'm not walking in the rain unless i absolutely have to so i pretty much avoided the rain if you go on youtube you can see some of my videos there was times when it was raining super hard and the wind howling and super muddy bless his heart michael miller of uh, phoenix and uh he's uh goes down to taramara indians and uh helps them out and he's even made products and stuff uh moss kareem i believe is the thing you know i do this off the top of my head so i can't remember it but bless his heart he was out there and he swept like with a broom all the mud off of like half the course unbelievable it's like someone shoveling snow for a half a mile and the course ended up that year there was a lot dusty to begin with because jamil had gotten a water truck and watered down it and the course was a lot softer than it usually is and then the rain um the track held up pretty good but it would rain but the silver lining of the raining was i would do a ton of miles the weather would come in and i take an hour or two break now normally i'm just out there grinding and grinding and not getting anywhere for the most part so that was a, a fortunate uh, thing that, uh, you know, I just kind of uh, made, made me take breaks, and that's what I'm going to use that strategy this year. Uh, the Jester and I really cranked a lot of miles together when the weather was good, and we've kind of always took breaks when the weather was bad. Uh, that was the year Yolanda decided to break the uh, pedestrian record for women. It was 410 miles, and she was out there when it was pouring rain, and she just kept cranking and cranking. I still remember to this day... You know, I would walk in the course, and I often video when we do the turnarounds and stuff. And and I was heading back out for the start of day four, and Yolanda hadn't quite finished her lap uh, for the third day. And she walks by me, and I'm like, Yolanda, what mile are you at? She's got the biggest smile on her face, and she's like, 205. And I'm thinking, only Yolanda would think that 205, 205 double, that'll work. I mean, most of us, if you're trying to get to 410, you'd want to do, you know, 210 or have a little bit of padding, but she's so rock solid consistent. And I give major props. I can't believe. And because when you're walking, it's all about rhythm. It's like a dance. And so when the conditions are poor, like slipping and sliding, walking gets even harder. I know me and her spent a lot of time doing rocky 50 Ks. And when you're a walker, you don't pick your feet up, so you're kicking rocks and tripping and falling. It's just a rhythm thing. So I was mad respect for her. She ended up doing 411 miles, and she said she's going to do it, and she did it again. Um, and so, you know, I just had a good time. Um, there was a point in the race, a few a day or two, I can't remember when, where I was looking at the math, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get the 312, but, man, I'm going so slow, and I just need a, I need a break. It was probably like the fourth or fifth night. And so I'm walking around, it starts to get dark, and it gets dark, you know, 5.30, and I look on Expedia, and I see some cheap hotel a little ways away for 40 bucks a night, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go get a hotel. So I got my car, went through a fast food joint, probably Jack in the Box, ate a ton of food, took a super hot shower, passed out, woke up, I don't know, 
eight, nine o'clock. Slept only a couple hours, which is really good. I'm good at uh, being able to move after only sleeping a couple hours. And uh, went, uh, and I knew, even though it was nine o'clock at night, and I paid for the room for the whole night, I thought, you know, I'm just too damn competitive and too ornery. I need to leave crap here in the hotel. So I left clothes and stuff in the hotel, so I'd have to come back. Went back, got some food, got back out there at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, hooked up with the jester and other people, cranked a ton of miles, um, just really felt good. That year, too, I was with my buddy Sean from Alaska, who used to be in the military. He was hoping to do 300, was having some issues later in the race. Me and him just went out there and cranked a bunch of miles. There was another young guy who was a hiker like Sean and um, just did tons of miles. And uh, it was just a really good race. It was such a wise decision. But like that night, I got the hotel, slept for a few hours, went out, did 10 hours of walking and running. Then I went back to the hotel like at 5 in the morning, ate, took a shower, slept for another hour or two, came back and was able to do more miles. Um, a really good experience on the final evening, final day. was well on my way to getting the uh, 312. Um, got to 312 with a few hours on the clock. Um, I remember I went to got to 315 and probably had like a, I had more time. I probably could have gotten a couple more miles, but it was just kind of like, yeah, this is good enough. Um, I think I got 11th that year. My best finish was ninth one year where I got it by a mile. I looked at the leaderboard, 12th place couldn't catch me. Martina was in 10th place, I think, and I couldn't catch her. So I just maintained my place. And ended up having a really good experience, probably the easiest six day I had, 315 miles, just seven miles below uh, my PR. Um, it was pretty amazing that I did so well considering I couldn't run a step until a week before the race. And the IT band was a point where I couldn't get in a car, um, I had difficulty sleeping. Uh, the IT band is just amazing, uh, trying to find the cures for it. I don't know what cures they, you know, it's like a big strong cable in your leg. You can't really stretch it or roll it out, even though people say that. I just put a lot of heat on it, wore compression things, and it fixed itself. Uh, so 2016, 2016, 2017, across the years was a good one. Um, and then went home, and uh, it was interesting. At my first west, first across the years when I was six day, I came home, and I was a mess for like a month or two. Um, uh, since then it takes me a few days to recover and then I'm back at it so until next time this is Coach Noise and uh, the Andy Noise Experience just uh, these past episodes talking about my across the years experiences and I just have one left which was last year before this year's show